Y'all may be seated. Praise the Lord, everyone. Tonight, I want to take a couple of minutes to talk to you about how to, about how important it is to stay on fire for God. It's easy for us to cool off in our excitement for God if we aren't careful. We need to make sure that we are always on fire for him. Acts 2, 3 through 4 states, And there appeared unto him cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and it began to speak over tongue, and began to speak with our tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 2, 4 is the first time anyone receives the gift of the Holy Ghost. It says that, it says they saw tongues of fire. It was literally the first time someone was on fire for Jesus. Revelation 15 through 16, chapter 3, states, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then become thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot. I will spew thee out of my mouth. I think the Lord is saying that if you're not living for him all the way, then you're still not doing the right things. But when you're on fire for the Lord, you'll start to do the right things, and he will help you. As we leave here this week, we need to stay, We need to be a focus of ours that we stay on fire for God. We can't ever get to a point in our walk with him that he wants to spew us out. It is the most important things in our lives that we be close to him and make heaven our homes. Thank you. That was a great word, Brayden. Stay on fire. That's really good in the church. Any other time, that's really bad. Stop, drop, and roll. Thank you all for coming to Awaken Youth Service tonight. Didn't our praise do, a team do a fantastic job, like always? Oh, no. Oh, okay. Y'all, y'all didn't do a good job. <laughs> I thought they did a fantastic job. They always pull out new songs. I love it. They worship so much with their whole heart, and I appreciate that. They don't get up here just to get up here. They get up here to worship the Lord, and that's so special from a youth leader's point of view, just to watch these young people get up and truly worship a God who's deserving of it all and more. So I'm very, very thankful of young people who don't fake it. So you guys did an amazing, great job. Ashley, good job on the offering. Yeah. I have this lasting cough. I need my water. Kaiser, great job leading tonight, buddy. Awesome. I just want to talk to you guys just for a few quick moments, hopefully. It's few and quick. And um, if you don't care to stand with me, I'm going to go to 1 Kings chapter 18. Verse 41, 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41. Again, thank you all so much for braving all the rain and coming out and hanging out with us tonight. I'm glad you showed up, but I'm glad God showed up. I like him better than you guys. (laughs) All right, I didn't mean to snore into the microphone. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41 through 43 says, And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink. For there is the sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees. And said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. 
And he went up and looked and said, there's nothing. And he said, go again seven times. Thank you for standing. If you'll pray with me, dear Lord, thank you so much for tonight. Thank you for the young people that have come out. Thank you for those that have shown up. Lord, I pray that you anoint my words. Let us be open. Let us be receptive of what you have for us tonight. Lord, your presence is welcome in this place. I pray that you show up and you do the miraculous. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I feel like I'm screaming. Am I screaming? In 1 Kings, we read about a prophet, Elijah. And Elijah speaks for God. That's what a prophet means. Whenever he opened his mouth, he was speaking what God gave him to say. His whole life was dedicated to God and to his people. He is the prophet who is fed by ravens, raised a boy from the dead, and called fire down from heaven. He is also the prophet who suffered a moment of doubt, who didn't think life was worth living, who almost gave up. He wasn't perfect. However, he was the prophet that was taken up to heaven in a whirlwind. We find that God and Elijah communicated. They had conversations. He was on a first-name basis with him. In in 1 Kings 17, the Israelites are following Queen Jezebel and have started to align themselves once again with Baal. They have turned their backs on God and chosen to worship Baal. And God communicates his displeasure with his people to Elijah. He tells Elijah, go to King Ahab and let him know it's not going to rain anymore unless Elijah says so. Not unless God says so, unless Elijah says so. It's not going to rain. It ain't going to happen. So Elijah goes before the king. He says, this is what the Lord says. It's not going to rain until I say so. This goes on for three and a half years. No rain, nothing. Of course, no rain leads to drought and to famine. But Israel continues to worship Baal over the Lord. King Ahab, of course, blames Elijah and he wants him dead. So the Lord tells him to go into hiding and he protects him. After three and a half years of drought, God speaks to Elijah and he tells him, go back to the, go back to King Ahab, the guy that wants you dead, and let him know I'm sending the rain. Read first Kings chapter 18. It it, it gets really good. It says that there was a contest between God and Baal and the worshipers of Baal. God, of course, in case you didn't know, wins. And after this contest, we see that Elijah goes up to Mount Carmel. He falls to the ground and he starts to pray with his servant. And then verse 43 tells us what happens next. Ashley, if you'll come up here. So he goes up. I went down. But Elijah goes up to Mount Carmel. He puts his hands between his knees and he starts to pray. He's praying for rain. Right? He tells his servant, go over to the mountain. Go over there. Look over the mountains and see if you see a cloud. That's some good looking right there. Good job. Was there a cloud? Go again. uh, Elijah tells the servant, get up there and do it again. You're getting really good at that. Go again. Elijah tells her, go again. Tells him, I don't know, may have been a lady. It probably wasn't a lady. Go again. Sends up the servant a fourth time. She didn't know she was getting her cardio in today. Go again. Elijah sends sends him up a fifth time. Go 
go again. Elijah sends him a sixth time. What you got? Go again. Elijah sends a servant for a seventh time. Seven, seventh time. All right, so on the seventh time, the servant comes back and he says, well, actually, yeah, I see a tiny cloud over the sea coming this way, the size, the size of a man's fist. The servant went seven times, there's nothing. But Elijah wasn't just laying down on the ground in between those times of go again, go again, like I was just doing. Now, I couldn't get on the ground because, I, one, I wanted to make sure you guys could hear me, and, two, it's raining, so my back hurt. So I couldn't do it, but Elijah didn't have that problem. He was face first on top of this mountain. And every time the servant would come come back, he was interrupting Elijah in the middle of prayer. So Elijah wasn't hearing what he wanted to hear. Elijah knew that there was going to be rain, but he still still had no confirmation there was going, there's rain. So he continued to pray. Even when he didn't hear what he wanted to hear seven times. He continued to pray. I'm sure the servant got real fed up real quick with walking all the way to the end of the mountain, coming all the way back and having to tell Elijah, um, there's no rain yet. And then he knowing what's coming next is do it again. That, That could be frustrating. But Elijah continued to pray because his God, the God who just outmatched Baal, the God who stopped the rains using Elijah, that God had made a promise. God told him if he did what he was told to do, the rains would come. So Elijah was holding on to that promise. And that's why he kept sending his servant out. Because he had a promise. He had an expectation. The problem with a lot of us from young to a little bit older is that we we pray and we have an expectation. We're told a promise. And the first time, uh, maybe we'll do it again. We'll pray two, three, four times. We're not doing it seven. We're not doing it 28. We're not doing it 34. We're not doing it 127 times. After the first couple of times, we're like, uh, it's not meant to be. Although God had promised us, right? I lost my place. <laughs> but we don't see anything, so we just stop. But here's the fact. If we're ever going to get a grasp of the promises he's given us, we are going to have to get good at going again. We have to go again and again. This means we don't stop because we didn't see the cloud the first time or the third or the sixth. We have to come, become tenacious in our prayer life. And tenacious means don't let go. Hold on as tight as you can. The best description of that is a bulldog. When a bulldog locks his teeth on something, it ain't coming off. He is tenacious in that grip locked around someone's arm or leg. Hopefully it's not yours. It ain't coming off until he tears it off. We have got to be that way in our prayer life. We have got to be that way going after the promises that we have already been given from God. He didn't just say, oh, you might have a good life. We're promised a good life with him. The Bible has over 3,000 promises for us. 3,000. Those are the R promises. Then he gives us individual promises. Those are already ours. But for some reason, we give up. For some reason, we listen to the enemy tell us that that promise was a lie. Last I checked, God's not a liar. Last I checked. And he never changes, so 
the last 10 minutes, I'm pretty sure he didn't change and become a liar. So if he promises something, we have got to stop listening to the enemy. We have got to stop listening to the world. We have got to stop listening to our own minds sometimes that the promises that God has told us are not ours. They're ours. Promised. Write it down. Take it to the bank. It's ours. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I lost my thing. We have to be tenacious Christians. We have to hold fast to the promise of God. And we need to make up in our minds that we're going to go again and again and again and again. I don't know my calling, but I'm going to pray again. I don't know where I fit in, but I'm going to pray again. The healing hasn't happened yet, but I'm going to go again. Hell just won't leave me alone, but I'm going to go and pray again. Mom and dad won't stop fighting, but I'm going to go again. We don't have the family that we've been promised yet. But I'm going to go again. I don't know what your promises are, but I know that you cannot give up. You cannot listen to this world and say, oh, that promise isn't for me. You have to go again and again and again and again. I was talking to somebody this week, and, and he, was, he, he was having an issue. And I said, well, let's go pray about it. He says, I prayed, and I prayed, and I prayed, and nothing's happened. And I said, well, guess what? Go pray again. It will happen. And I told him the story about my back and how when I was a young girl that my back was broken because of my own hard-headedness. <laughs> he broke my back. And I still have residual effects from that. You heard me re- reference that this morning. But that does not mean that I have stopped praying to a back healing God. My God is a back healing God, period. My God is a healer. I can get up every Sunday and I can get up every Wednesday. And when we sing about a healer, my hand's the first one to go up because I have a God who promised me a healing and I've got it. Now, it might not look like the healing that I expect it to look like, but it's still my promise. I still have that healing that he's promised me. We have got to stop giving up. We have got to become more tenacious. Uh, If you guys will stand, if somebody will come to the piano. The piano, what it's called. I'm not stopping here. I'm going to go again. You've come too late. Pastor says it all too late to tell me that God's not in it for me. You've come too late. He's done way too much. If you want to know my testimony, you can come ask. He's given me promise after promise after promise. The world has promised that I should be dead or in jail. The Lord has promised that I will never have a family. The Lord has promised that I will never make it because of my circumstance. I don't listen to the promises of God, uh, of the world. I listen to the promises of God because those are written down. Those are established in heaven and on earth. So if you guys have been have been not listening, you don't think you have a uh, that your promise isn't going to be answered. If you think it hasn't happened yet, I encourage you go again. Go to the altar again. Lift up your voice again. Pray again. Verse forty five says there was a great rain after the cloud was spotted. The promise came to pass and because of the prophet's tenacity not only was he blessed but so was the entire drought stricken land you never know what your promise fulfilled will do for others around you your promise isn't just for you when god fulfills your promise that's for others to see the goodness that he is so i encourage you if you if you don't think you can do it on your own keep going for other people Do it for other people. God has given us promises. And so I encourage you, come again. I encourage you to come to the altar and pray for those promises again. 
Pray for the healing again. Pray for a marriage again. Pray for a baby again. Pray for a new job again. Again, again, again. Please, I encourage everyone to come up here and just give your heart to the Lord. Talk to Him. Come again. The storms may come and the winds may blow.